Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we listen to an artist or band, and then we talk about their music. This week we're talking about The Strokes. I'm Caleb Robinson. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. Tyler. And how did we feel about listening to The Strokes? I like The Strokes. I'm into it. I mean, they only have one good album, but other than that, it was pretty good. That, okay, so that is the majority consensus. That is probably going to be the majority of our conversation. Tyler, what did you think? That's a lie. They have other good songs, but they only have one good album. They have three good albums. Into okay albums. Speak. What are the good albums? What are the bad albums? Or okay albums? Good albums are obviously Is This It? Room on Fire and mm-hmm. First Impressions of Earth. Still a pretty good album. I'm gonna come out and say it. I have the unpopular opinion still, and this is my I think this is my big hot take of this episode, is that I actually like first impressions more than Is This It? Hmm. I think. That is my favorite album. Yeah. First impressions. It's the my first impression of the group actually it is my the first record well. i listened to of the strokes and mm-hmm. it is the one that i have enjoyed the most so that is my pick for favorite it's so good i think that the issue for the strokes and this has been their issue for the entirety of their career is that they have been compared to their first album essentially throughout their entire career We have Is This It as an album that really honestly blew up rock music in the early 2000s and had such a huge impact on music going forward for the next decade, even longer than that. And we'll obviously cover that as we go. And from then on, every album that they released is then compared to Is This It, which makes it difficult for them to have another popular album because they're constantly being compared to this massively successful debut album that doesn't i don't know if that really i don't understand that because is this it's a good album but it's not like their sound has really changed that much for the first three albums it changed i think a, a good portion on first impressions i think that they took their sound and they tried to do something very different with their sound i think that room on fire um, not identical album, but almost identical sounding. It mm-hmm. has so much of the same elements on that album. And a lot of people, they enjoyed that album. But I think what ended up happening is, is that there was such a blow up from Is This It that people took Room on Fire and they essentially just said, well, we already heard this. And so yeah, it doesn't, well, it doesn't have the same though, impact. So. Do you like Room on Fire better? Yeah, that's my favorite album. Dex. Is there only one good album from The Strokes? Oh, yeah. What album is it? Come Down Machine. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. I hate you so much. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like oh, that. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, it's Is This It. Okay. It has to be. Like, I it's mean, so good. It's a really, really good album, and I certainly, certainly do not disagree with that. I still I, like I ha- the rest I have, of them. But... I have a uninteresting story about the album Angles. Oh, you want to talk about angles? We're just going to jump to angles real quick. So after First Impressions of Earth, I, you know, like that's my favorite album. So I was excited, you know, pumped about the new Strokes album, Angles. So I pre-ordered it on Amazon Mm -hmm. and I got it and I listened to it and I did not like it. I was very sad I pre-ordered it. 
I did not like that album. It was not. not What'd you do? What'd you do with it? Uh, I think I kept it for a little bit and I finally sold it or something like that. I I didn't. I mean, it was. I don't know. That's the big difference. Is right there. Like the first three songs are okay. Machu Picchu. Picchu. I love that one. Undercover of Darkness and Two Kinds of Happiness. Like those three songs are all right. Like they were pretty decent, like singles. But I mean, the rest of the album just wasn't. I, I just I don't know. It wasn't that good. That's how all of their albums after their first one are to me. They're just uh, they have good songs mixed in, but as a whole, they're just they're okay. If you listen to First Impressions of Earth, you will notice that the first I would say one, two, three, four, five, at least the first five songs are massively successful songs from eh. The Strokes. No. discography no not no, no, i don't mean like mainstream success i just mean that they're very very good songs oh yes that's what i mean okay i There's, thought that you meant that they were like popular songs no or, those are songs that we like i think that they're good songs just in general but i think that the rest of the album has some moments that are questionable i like those songs but i recognize that what ends up happening is is that kind of the early parts of their albums end up being very strong but they don't have a, a good follow through across an album that ends up yeah, being it's hard to remember the last half of any of these yeah. and some, see some from l- looking at the album i agree with you the first five tracks of first impressions of earth are very good mm-hmm. and then the only other song that i really enjoy from that like that i i guess would go back to or that i know that i like is, is it fear red light oh fear sleep okay that's a good song it is a good song i agree but i okay gets crazy in that one he sure does get crazy in that one so i think and i think that there are actually a lot of good songs across first impressions i just think that they're underappreciated i guess i i personally really like the songs but i will tell you my favorite song i you, think you want to go straight into number two <sighs> number two you just had us play a song oh song number two i see yes that's blur um <laughs> Woo-hoo! I'm not sure. Good song, good album would make fun of everyone in the U.S. of the old. <laughs> it's hard for me because I know what songs, I know the popular songs that people like, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't think I want to pick one of those. So I think I'm going to say my favorite song is On the Other Side. So I think that they actually are doing a lot of interesting, different things on first impressions. I agree. Earth. I, I just, think so. I, I they're different. Think, I can't think it's, of an album that sounds like first impressions. It's of not Earth. as garage rock. No, it's more like I get. I don't know, like somber. I I, mm-hmm. I like the song Juicebox. That was the first song that came from that album. Am I, is it your favorite? Juicebox is my favorite song. Oh, that's interesting. We'll take a little break from that one because I don't think we should play three songs. I agree. Yeah. Let's take. I'll come back to it. But Juicebox is my favorite. Song. That was the first single that came from that album, I believe. Correct. Yes. And uh, oh wait, yes, I think so. Fun fact: David Cross is in the music video 
for Juicebox, and I love that yeah, so much. Yeah, David Cross. I Fun David fact Cross. number two. I love David Cross, too. Albert Hammond Jr., the, the guitarist for The Strokes, he has a solo career that we talk, we'll talk about a little bit later, and his music video, In Transit, was directed by Joaquin Phoenix. Ooh. Ooh. That is fun. Ooh. I don't know where that fun fact fit in, but I like it. Because you said something about somebody who was in a video. Oh, that David Cross. That that it was going to fit in, Cross. but then I did a little bit to start it. And I then, get it now. Yeah, I lost you. I got you. It's okay. I have a couple of major points that I want to talk about, and I think that we'll start with this one. And I we kind of already touched on it. So, Is This It is an album that has been compared... The, the, all of their albums are compared to... It sounds like we actually, other than Dex, have some consensus and find different albums interesting... What do you think about the even just the idea of comparing albums to previous albums? Should we be able to separate artists from album to album? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think that you should compare them. You think so? Yes. I don't think that they should be separate unless it's No, I, I honestly I don't think that they should be separate other than you like uh, for instance like Tommy from The Who. You mm-hmm. can separate it cuz it's completely different concept but i think that records should be compared to each other if that was your question yeah it is you don't want them to stand on their own as their own individual thing man no, they they can stand on their own but you should be able to compare them oh i like this album more than yeah but this i can album. also i should well I, if i hear it i should be like well if i like this i should like this but but it's like that's... i mean anything any art you can say Oh, I, I like the this Mona Lisa, but it's nothing like this other art piece. Like, even though they're completely yep. separate entities, all you can really do is compare what they what else they've done, what they're going to do. So then, when you have a separate idea that's different from stuff you used to do, do you have to stop being a band and become a new band? Sometimes, he's in the voids, and you. That's a th- that's that's an idea I've been uh, thinking about recently. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like when at what point do you have to be like, no, we're not going to be this band anymore, and then you have to just stop and do a new band where you sound different? Well, we talked about that with the White Stripes episode. People who want to go back and listen to our episode, of the White Stripes, which I'm sure would be relevant to people who like the Strokes because they kind of came up around the same time and have a similar sound in some ways. Where Jack White took the sound of White Stripes and transitioned into his own thing. It's different. It's what he wants to do now, and you can separate Jack White from White Stripes to some degree, but people still obviously compare it to the White Stripes. But it is a situation where you take a separate entity and you say, I would like to have a different sound. I'm going to start doing my own sound on my own, even if it's a case that it's not a whole lot different of a setup. You're just missing Meg White at that point. And my question is, like, at which point is a band, though? You know, if I'm in a band, if the four of us are in a band and we made like two really good albums and they, and people are like, oh, those are good albums and they're in like this own genre and they fit and they, you know, they're similar, but they're different enough and things good. And then we're like, let's just do all this stuff that's different. And we all want to do this different stuff. Do we just do all the different stuff as that band and put out the album? Yes. I mean, that's, a, I don't know. That's just an idea that I find interesting. 
Hmm. Anywho, I think that you should, I mean, for this, I think that you should be able to compare them to previous albums in terms of saying, well, maybe I'll like this album or for, or to the band as a whole, to their sound for the sake of saying, well, they have a new album and I'll listen to it and see what happens. Sure. Well, I mean, you can compare Julian Casablanca's solo album to The Strokes. You can compare Julian yeah. Casablanca's and The Voids to The Strokes. You can compare you can... any of the solo things how, what does this sound like this? I mean, what's I can compare different? any spinoff to them, but the thing is I can compare any spinoff, but they don't sound that different. So it's not like it. Julian Casablanca didn't sing differently in his solo. They didn't write songs differently. You know, the strokes weren't making music. He still wanted to make music and he did in a solo career, but it, it's just more stroke songs. That'd be like comparing he, Frasier to Cheers. He did change That's his voice a, a little bit. A little bit. Ba if you barely, go to Angles like and even, Come Down not, Machine, he uses falsetto voice a little bit more than on his earlier albums. But well, in their discography, but in the album, for instance, that Jared put up there, it's just an, it's basically a, even Albert Hammond Jr. That both those albums are basically Strokes albums. Mm -hmm. I don't know is, about the I mean, Albert Hammond Jr. one. It's not very good. I like the song "The 101." If you guys want to check that song out someday, I liked a couple. Of so I liked a couple of songs off of there. I don't think they were bad, but they're not. It's not something different. It's not different than what they've already done, I which little... is fine. But unless you're just like mad at each other, then why not? Why are you? Why solo it? But I, I don't know. But for the sake of the, what we're talking about with regards to being like, well, is this it? Is it? And all the rest of these albums suck. That's stupid. Because well, that's I mean that's kind of the point that I'm making is is right. the the inability essentially to take a project so you have room on fire and you have the inability to say. Room on Fire is theoretically better. It's theoretically on par with. It's theoretically worse than Is This It, theoretically. Or you could take that album and just say, this is a good album. Objectively, right. this is a good album. You don't have to compare it to Is This It. You don't have to compare it to First Impressions of Earth. If I, I look at First Impressions of Earth, that was my first impression of The Strokes. I love that oh, album. My joke. But... It wasn't a joke that time. I was just reiterating that thought. I also am able to listen to Is This It. I'm able to see that there are differences in those albums, and I'm able to see this is a different album. I can listen to this album as its own entity, and I'm able to say both of these are good albums. They don't have to necessarily live within the same stratosphere. So yeah, I would agree. Plus, if I just stuck... I mean, really, even if I stuck some songs from First Impressions of Earth and every song from Is This It and Room on Fire into one playlist played songs you know i'm i have a feeling that some people who say they like the strokes wouldn't even be able to tell me which album it was on I it just Here, here's an example of that caleb and i were listening to the strokes uh to and from tennessee when we went to our concert together mm -hmm. and the album ended i believe it was room on fire ended if i remember correctly. and it went into come down machine and it went into come down machine and he didn't even know that the other that it had ended and that was like three right. two albums later so I don't disagree. I, three albums later, I don't disagree that all of these points about how they sound similar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's the case. Otherwise, that three albums later in their career, he didn't even know that the album had changed. Right. I think that's just the I'm, issue is that people... So the, the comparative issue ends up being the problem for The Strokes. If it was a case that we were not comparing every album to Is This It, I think that we would probably have really enjoyed all of the strokes. I think everybody would enjoy all of the strokes. I think that it, I think that Come Down Machine has some issues. I think that that's the album that stands out the most as an album that 
just didn't deliver as much. No. I just don't know how you can do this comparison and feel justifiable in doing it. It's not like the songs. I've said this before in previous episodes where we've mentioned Strokes. They're not, they are good musicians. They are good at their instruments. They write good songs with hooks, with the style in the genre that they like. They're not standout crazy, do all kinds of like, you know, there's nothing super insane about what they do. There's nothing that's super uh, progressive or new about it. It's just good music. Right. And every song, they have good music and they have hooks in every song. They have guitar hooks. They have some lyrical hooks when it comes in the chorus. And how can, I don't understand how you can take that where every song is similar. The structure is slightly different, but not that different. You got the same type of layout in terms of how the guitars are layered and the same hooks. They just sound different, but they're the same type of hook. And then you're like, well, it's not as good as the last album that had all that same stuff on. I'm like, how can you? I don't understand that you can say it's not. It's the same album. It's just different. Well, I mean, maybe you're, I guess you don't want to say it's better or worse, perhaps, but you can say, I enjoyed it more. This connected with me more. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, it's also different because music is different. That genre is completely different than it was in 1999. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, rock is not popular in the same way that it was. So, like, if a Strokes album comes out, they're not going to be on the radio anymore. No. Whereas Last Night was on the radio. Juice Juicebox was on Fuse. I mean, that's right. how we saw the video. Right. Well, so, Reptil- Reptilia was as well. So you yeah. got one from each. That. So th- this is actually another one of the relevant points that I want to hit. And I think this is certainly, certainly one of the most important things to hit when you're talking about the Strokes. is just the garage rock revival, post-punk revival that happened throughout the 2000s. And... You could we could just make this a conversation about how the strokes have influenced music in general, but it's really it's really a question of how they influenced rock being popular again. The the album Is This It is cited as the album that blew up rock music again, where rock music was having a, a ton of issues. New metal was the kind of the genre that was really popular in like the late nineties and like guitar rock was not popular until the strokes happened and so is this that happened a lot of people saw the success that came from the strokes they they blew up before their album even came out because what happened was was that some record producers saw them performing live they blew up in the uk and then after they blew up in the uk they got a lot of press promoting them in like magazines before they're even before is this it even came out and so um based on their ep not even based on their ep Mm. a lot of people hadn't even heard the ep they just heard that there were good things coming from the strokes and so that album came out i did a lot of research about this last (laughs) time it's fine and so that album came out and you would not have had acts that started to want to do garage rock sound wanted to do guitar rock sound post-punk sound any of that and there's a ton of it that was coming out in the early to mid 2000s. And I will talk about all of those at some point. Can't wait. As much of them as I can. A lot of those saw the, the success of the Strokes. And that is where that came from. We would not have seen Franz Ferdinand. We would have not have seen mm-hmm. Interpol. We would not I don't have know. seen. I don't, know if I, could, I don't know if I could draw the, that direct line death, between death Franz before and 1979. And that's another good one. I, 
I I mean I will go out and say I d- we wouldn't have seen the killers. We wouldn't have seen oh, the, killers the, the for success sure. of these are we wouldn't have seen the Arctic Monkeys. The Arctic Monkeys talked about how that was something that had really influenced them. Oh, absolutely. Was the Strokes. And you would not have seen the popular So like for example, let's talk about the Killers. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about the Killers. I love them. You would not have seen the 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 huge success of a song like Mr. Brightside, a song like I don't even somebody think somebody I don't me. even think Las Vegas would be a state anymore. <laughs> for if if not for the Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that uh, we would have seen the same commercial success that we saw from a lot of these bands without having the commercial success that came from the Strokes. I I think that a lot of that commercial success that came out in the early 2000s and the mid 2000s came from the popularity of that album. It's a lot of thoughts that I just threw out there, but crazy run through them, I guess. I think that that's I think that's certainly fair to say for a lot of stuff i think the killers are a great example that we wouldn't have seen but i don't know about friends i'm not sure i'm not sure i could associate that and even interpool another group that i stuck on the list this week Mm -hmm. i'm i think they all fit into the same era i'm really not sure you know the strokes they you know what they did is they took the sound of garage rock and the feel of all that and they just they made them they made it hookier they yeah you know they, what I mean? they integrated a lot of pop elements into what was yeah going they on. did and I don't but I don't know you know like Franz Ferdinand their debut album like I'm not sure I could say that that really was the the big influence on them I mean they have all sorts of different sounds that range from even a little bit of like new wave and dance to to all sorts of stuff and it was their album was heavily overlooked uh, in my experience for a while and then people were like oh my god that album was fantastic. And I think it stood outside, but I definitely can see, I just think there, there are pockets of people where all of this stuff was bubbling over at the same time in, in its own way outside of the strokes, so like New York sure. for Interpool. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. Of all the in UK England scene. France. Yeah. So, but as a, certainly a vast group of, you know, Western, especially American bands that you, it wouldn't have happened. That's for sure. I guess I'm not necessarily saying that we wouldn't have seen those acts exist. I'm more thinking that we would not have seen the commercial success of the Arctic Monkeys. We wouldn't have seen the commercial success of a song like Take Me Out from Franz Ferdinand. We would not have seen the commercial success of the Killers that blew up had we not have seen a commercial success that came from the Strokes. That's really my big point. Yeah, I I don't really disagree with you on that. I don't know. I don't disagree for the most part. Okay, I find that I'm still, I'm still, I still need to do some, I, I still need to do some looking thing. to try to understand. Like I don't like turn on the bright lights was a big album. It was, but it was, and it was released one year after. Is this it? Correct. And it was heavily embraced by New York because of New York's influence on. It. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if pocket. I don't know if some of these pockets. Would have still seen popularity outside of it or not. On that note, before I transition to another thought, I'm going to go ahead and now play my favorite song, which is Juicebox. And then we'll transition into my next thought, though, I would like to talk about. Everybody seems to win, but it's not that easy. Standing in the light field, standing in the light field, waiting for some action, waiting for some action. Oh, why won't you come over here? Why won't you come over here? We gotta see 
actually my favorite too. Was it really? Yeah, I can pick a different one though. But you don't have that to. Was, that was mine. You okay. should pick a different one. It I is like one of the songs. the the mm, the most delicious bass lines I've ever heard. First song I ever learned on bass. Nice. Fun nice. fact: when I when I used to play bass back in the day, first song I learned. You guys were talking a little bit about New York City earlier. Oh, this is a good point. Go for it. I want to talk about the song New York City Cops. That's a good, yeah. It's a good song. Good song. And it was omitted from the U.S. version of the album, Is This It? As was the cover. As was the cover. Ass was the cover. Correct. Because it was an ass was the cover. It was a a woman's uh, behind. A uh, booty. A booty. A bougie booty, if you will. New York City Cops was supposed to be on the American release, but then it, it got omitted due to the September 11th attacks. Because in the lyrics for the song New York City Cops, they sing uh, the words New York City Cops. Where the hell is it? New York City Cops. New York City Cops. New York they City Cops. Too, they ain't too smart. They ain't too smart. And they said, we can't have that after what Al-Qaeda did to us. We have to have them say that they're smart. So they cut it from the album. But, but they put they... it in the UK release, but they would cut it from... The U.S. release, which is very unfortunate because it's one of the best Stroke songs, in my opinion. It is. It's a great song. It is a really good one. And it was like, um, I think a, a Rolling Stone or Spin Magazine or something like that called it like one of the best singles of Rolling Stone of, of that year, 1999. That is correct. But I like that song. I think it's Dax's favorite. <laughs> Don't you tell him what his favorite song is. <laughs> it is a good song. You know, you it might not be worth going and playing anyway. I mean, maybe a lot of people haven't heard. All right, I, I I hear you loud and clear. Thanks a lot, Al Qaeda. Rude. <laughs> this is the thing that we is it not on Spotify at all? It is. Yeah, you have to go to the EP Hard to Explain slash New York City Cops. Boom. With a glass chair. I wanted to make sure that I got in there. A terrible thing. There we go. Well, you did it. it was I was very trying to tell unclean. you not to do it. Very I was going to like slowly pull it back so it ended right there. And oh. Well, I didn't tell you to do it. You, you did the hand thing. I was now dancing. I, listen. I was dancing. Oh, I'm a dancer, Brendan. Oh, boy. Home movies. I have a thing to say. I love that show. Fantastic. You want to talk about your thing now? You want to talk about home movies? Albert Hammond Jr. Oh, it's so good. He took dead. it off of Hulu. You have interrupted me three damn times. I keep trying to talk. So mad. (laughs) Is this on? Albert Hammond Jr. All right. I have some things to say about Albert Hammond Jr. I have some things to say about Albert Hammond Sr. Okay. His dad, Albert Hammond, has a song called It Never Rains in Southern California. It's Mm. It's a popular song. Albert Hammond Jr., though, he's a former roller skating champion at the age of 13. He holds his guitar on stage in a high horizontal position similar to that of Buddy Holly. And he says it, that uh, he does that so that he can dance better. Huh. That's all I got. Wow. Dax, speak. Uh, Albert Hammond Sr. wrote The Air That I Breathe by the Hollies. Hmm. He wrote that song. Interesting. That's all I got for him. Wow. <laughs> cool. I know something about him, though. Nice. Don't so tell I, those Californians that it never rains when they're dealing with all those landslides. I've got I've got two more points of topic. Does anybody else have some random things they want to talk about? Uh, should I do do do? 
Yeah, do 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 do. Yeah, do 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 do. I hope you do do do. I hope your do 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 is the same thing. I want to do do do. Uh, so I want to talk about last night. Okay. Uh, that song sounds shockingly similar to a song by Tom Petty, "American Girl." Mm. You want you want to play that a little bit? Mm. Last night. Uh, either yeah yeah yeah. Do both. I would argue this is their signature song. Sound familiar? Let's hear it. I like Tom Petty. I'm a little heartbroken over that one. Mm. Hey, 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 hey. That was all I got on that. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, wow. did you have one too? Yes. Play that that song Only Only Wanna Dance With You by Kesha. Yep. Wow. Huh. Almost blatant. Huh. You know why that sounds familiar to the I do. strokes? Because they are performing on that song. Julian Casablancas is on that song with her. She likes the strokes and she's like, I really want to do something with them. So she, like her record label, uh, the hideous, uh, horrible man, Dr. Luke was a part of that. You monster. You monster. We hate you, Dr. Luke. We hate you so much on this podcast. That'd be a good album name too. We We hate hate you, you, Dr. Luke. Yeah, Yeah, I like that too. Anyways, he's on there. album names. And, um... Not here. He... (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyway, so they actually I, see. If you look, it says um, that they are sampled. That the the Strokes are sampled on that song, but in reality, they actually performed with them. Well, that's why it sounds, or with her, I should say, with uh, Kesha, Miss Kesha, with the dollar sign in her name at that point from the album uh, Warrior, I believe. Kesha. Also, uh, Mr. Wayne from F- Flaming Lips is on that record as well. No, oh yeah, he's just—he just sucks. Ouch! Oh. Ouch! Yeah. Wow! Wow! I, you know, Flaming Lips. You know, they got some alright stuff. Sometimes I hear songs like, "Oh wow," but I, he just sucks. Well, very relevant to the Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> we ready for my next thought? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. So this is back to the garage rock punk or post-punk revival topic i suppose so the strokes are not the only group who saw a ton of success from their debut record and a lot of the groups from that time did as well you saw a lot of success from the killers debut Mm -hmm. you saw a lot of success from interpol's debut saw a lot of success from france ferdinand debut a lot of lot of bands arctic monkeys a lot of bands had a, a huge amount of success from their debut albums. I just want to ask what people uh, like is their favorite debut album. Just a throw-out question. Is this like a debut? Doesn't have to where be that like was the, where that was the biggest one. It doesn't have to be. I was I've been thinking about that 
uh, quite a bit. Bands who whose debut album was more successful and more popular than any other debut album. Appetite right. for yeah, Destruction, about that Guns N' Roses. That's a very good example of a, a group who had a lot of success. From never it. mind the Bullocks, we're the Sex Pistols. Well, they never had another album. That's a good Just one. like any debut? Yeah, it's a any, debut album, though. Any, debut why does album? that matter? You asked about a debut album. That's their debut album. Oh, I agree. I just think it's funny that you would bring that one up. Because I thought about that one, but I was like... Ah, it's hard to, to compare. Would you drink a Pepsi pistols? after it? <laughs> it's hard to compare that album to go, anything else. Ah. Yeah, I heard that. Don't you worry. Yeah, any any debut album. I'm just curious if you have like a favorite debut album. What about Lemonade and Brownies? Sugar Ray. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> All right, I'm out. Get I'm out. Gone. I'm, I'm Get out. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you next week. Oh, boop, boop, uh, my my, I think my favorite debut album is probably Tyler's favorite debut album. Tyler the Creator. Right, you go first. Surfer Rosa Pixies. Oh, that is such a good album. It's such a good debut album. That album's so good. It, it it kicked it kicked the doors down. It was a big debut album. Sorry, Jim Morrison. Huge, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it kicked them right down. Take Get down that. there. Doors, Jim. what are you doing? Oh, that, yeah, I don't know, oh, man. If nobody else has one, that's fine, I just, I, I've been thinking about debut albums because of Nobody that. else, so I just good. gave you two. I mean, Friends, yeah, no, Friends are they your favorite? Album. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Guns N' Roses, that's a great, that's a great debut. Okay. So this is the, uh, never mind the Bullocks for the Sex Pistols, that's a great debut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, the only one. Huh, what? It's a debut album, that's not the question. But does it really count? Though? It does, it's a debut album. What are I, you talking about? I know another one that Jared likes. Go ahead. 10 by Pearl Jam. Ooh, that's their, yeah, that is their debut. It I is. like that one. That's a good yeah. one. That's I like verses one. more. Nobody asked you. Another one that Tyler just, really likes. I bet. I'm not trying to be combative. I'm just. Yeah, you I am. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> another another one that I know that you really like. Yeah. Joy Division, Unknown Pleasures. Oh, that was fantastic as well. It's I, it is probably it's better than than closer. Mm. I would say. Mm. It's that is a really good one. I th- I still think Friends. Debut is really good. It is a really good debut album. Dax, do you have one? I can't really think of one. That's fine. It's almost like I mean, you I'm sure asked that... the question two weeks ago when we were listening to this music. And, I, uh... I mentioned this to you. you just we don't talked remember. about it. We talked you, the, me, and the brothers well, we talked. Lis- we did listen to this music two weeks ago. So that's as okay. a spoiler alert to our listeners, wow. we're behind. <laughs> okay. Wow. I've got one. One Wouldn't more. Did you read that one. book? The five things you're not supposed to give away on a podcast. No, I didn't read that book. Well, obviously. Obviously. Oh man, I gotta get that book. I have one more, <laughs> one more big, and not big topic, but just a thing to talk about and see what your guys' thoughts are on it. Before we do that, can we do my uh, second favorite song? Yeah, let's transition to that fa- first. Uh, I want to do Machu Picchu. Hmm. Ooh, Machu Picchu. <laughs> That's a really good song to transition to my next thought. Oh, good. Glad I helped. Thank you. I appreciate you. So here's my question. For the Strokes, 
there is actually a purpose behind the fact that we heard an album like Angles, and there's a purpose behind the reason that we heard Come Down Machine. And that purpose is, is that they initially, before they even released Is This It, were signed to a five-album contract with RCA. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, was that they had a good amount of success, obviously, from Is This It. They had a moderate success from Room on Fire, and they had some mixed reviews from First Impressions. After First Impressions, they had a long hiatus between albums. So First Impressions came out in 2006, and Angles came out in 2011. So they had five years where they just didn't want to release an album, and so they kind of like isolated and tried to figure out what they wanted to do, and then they changed their sound a little bit. And so after Angles... They did not have almost any success from Angles. A lot of people didn't love that album. And so then you have another two-year gap before you see Come Down Machine. They didn't really want to do Come Down Machine at all. They basically did it as a contractual obligation. What do you guys think about the idea of signing someone to a multiple record deal to the point where they essentially have to release music under you, even if they don't want to? Well, they don't care. Yeah, it's just money for them. Right, right. That's the whole. That's the whole reason they're doing. Well, you've it already they've already paid them like that contract, so that they have. No, it's to... probably no. Nah, the contract's probably paid out over the course of time. Well, yeah, with that's albums, true. With but releases. you've already agreed to it. I guess is the thing. Um, that's like the same thing right. with uh, uh, Kelly Clarkson. She was a part of her record contract. She didn't want to release. That's why we have Christmas albums, and that's why we have random greatest hits albums. It's, it's, You're it's, right. It's a contractually obligated yep. um, way to get out of a, a, a record deal, yep. basically. Like, yep. Are you saying Rosie O'Donnell did not want to do her Christmas album? <laughs> I'm not saying that. Shut up. I'm not Rosie saying o- that. Rosie O'Donnell created her own label to release her own <laughs> Christmas album. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That she signed a contract to and was like, I guess I have to do my Christmas album. Right. Oh, No. Looks like Rosie Records is forcing me to do this stupid Christmas. Stupid album. Rosie. Now it's it's called. Hey, remember me? I'm Turk. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting is this: when first first impressions of Earth was was released in January of 2006, I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So I listened to that in high school, and then you know what? The next album wasn't released till I was out of high school. They didn't release any albums the entire time I was in high school. Man, that sucks. It's just weird. Because they, they were actually fairly influential. Usually, on me, you, know, and you learn how us, to stroke like the people I hung school. out with. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> What'd you say? He said, "Usually, you learn to stroke in high school." We made it this whole oh, damn wow. episode without making a stroke joke. Wow. Well, we, we were can, so we close. can cut it. We can cut it. <laughs> no, he was talking when he said it. Well, you can still cut the whole the whole conversation. Really, we'll, we'll see. It's fine. Cut well, you know what they called themselves. He, uh, are you done with your thought, Tyler? I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. I, I well, it's more interesting for me than it is for you. Sure. I, well, I guess. I, I listened to the Strokes in high school. I had friends. We liked the Strokes, you know, and not a lot of people did in a small town in southern Indiana. Right. And it's just weird to think that, you know, we, I didn't listen. They had no albums released the entire time. I was basically listening to them. Well, yeah, because that was also that. I mean, that was really the death of the the garage rock punk rock or the uh, post-punk revival was kind of around the 2007-ish era after the Arctic Monkeys oh, debut. That was I don't know. 07 is my big year for music for me. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. 2007, I've looked, and I'm like, whoa. 
don't Lots know. of good stuff that year. I don't know what my big year is. That's a good question, though. We'll have to come back to that at some point. Because that's, be a, that's a too big year of a... end podcast. Yeah, definitely. What year are well, you? What year? Are... That's a BuzzFeed question. Uh, before I, because I have one final thought. We got to play Christmas treat. Tyler's got to pick his favorite song. Yeah, Tyler, pick your favorite song. You fool. All right, my my favorite is twelve fifty one. You got it. So usually when we close out the show, we talk about what the long-lasting implications of a group is, what what they influenced, I guess. We do that? Usually. Huh. If you hadn't noticed. Yeah, it's I, usually where we go with I things. gotta start listening to these podcasts. You really do. But we yeah, kind of already... Li- why, don't, why are you not listening to what you're creating, Jared? Yeah, Jeez. come on, Jared. You just listen to good band, bad band. <laughs> Tyler, you don't get to laugh. You don't listen to anything. It was in full sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, you killed me. I listened to that one I edited. Oh, that's true. That's true. At 1.3 speed. Yeah, and yeah, then, then you, you put it out at the same speed. High five to anyone out there who caught it. Anyways, so we've already kind of talked about how the Strokes influenced music, how the Strokes influenced artists on the same time, how the Strokes influenced music, just in general. So the big question is that I have, and we, if we don't have anything to say about it, then that's fine. We'll move on. Closing thoughts. The Strokes, when they released Is This It, really blew up rock music again. A lot of popular acts were able to have rock music become popular at that time. What does it take in 2019 when we're recording this podcast to make rock music great again? What do we need? What's missing? Why is it that rock music today is just not popular at all? What's going on? Because they don't care on the radio anymore about rock music. That's for real. We They're not creating new rock groups uh, that are popular. What about Greta Van Fleet? Okay, well, you got them. You have that. them that are a uh, alleged knockoff group. Mm-hmm. So that's one. So, like the most probably right now, the most popular rock group is mo- is the Foo Fighters. They are able to sell out arenas, and that's the other thing that's interesting. Like f- uh, metal, for instance, mm-hmm. they don't do arena shows anymore. Like it, it just isn't happening. So, why would a an arena book a rock band if it's not going to sell tickets? And that's the thing. Rock is not being played on top 40 radio it they have their own stations you know that's great but it used to be like france ferdinand that we haven't had a rock hit in quite a while no. that has actually been a hit on radio right and the other thing is is the criteria for rock is changing uh people consider maroon five to be a rock group Boo. people consider Boo. 21 pilots yeah, to be a rock group i i could see that one a little bit but i mean yeah. they at least play real uh, music it's, it's true not to say Maroon 5 doesn't. We'll they don't. Okay. They don't. Not anymore. They He's fucked got his... over SpongeBob. They fucked over their career. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Are he you talking about Maroon 5? Yes. They did, <laughs> they did really hurt SpongeBob. They did. Oh. They, uh, Mr. Adam Levine has his own guitar line. Did you know that? He's got instruments. 
that they, they sell at uh, they used to sell them at Toys R Us. They'll have to start using those in their music sometime. They should. But anyways, Just back to what we were talking about. Yeah. I don't know the answer um, to to rectify and bring ha- have um, rock music be popular again. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I think that with the way that music is now, with um, memes and gifts and things that it it's just SoundCloud rappers that are just trash. That's what we like now. That's what we want to listen to. Some of the things are okay. You well, know, Billie I, Eilish is pretty good. I She's, agree. She she her influences. You know, uh, you can. She has rock influences. Same thing with. Sure. I mean, Taylor Swift likes like some stuff that that was in that. Not that she's good; she's bad. But I mean, she has a song yeah, with Brendan Urie. Stuff. Yeah, that's true. Well, Brendan Urie has kind of left rock music in a lot of ways. He's really transitioned into a pop artist. And I think the thing that you touched on, and I think that's the big thought that I had, is that hip hop has become the major music sound at this point in time. And really, the because you can see the transition from in music from SoundCloud rappers becoming so popular and that becoming kind of the sound of music today. And so you see the popularity of SoundCloud rappers and that style of music blowing up and it's really eclipsed even the sound of pop to a lot of ways. Oh yeah. And it's, so it's, um, rock music is just taking a back seat to everything else. It, well, it didn't used of- to be that hip hop was the number one genre, but no. it is now. Yes. Hip hop is the yeah, number one. It's, it's not pop anymore. It's not rock. It's not anything other than hip hip hop is number one. And that yeah, is but hip hop has blended with pop. It's become its own breed of pop. That's what you're hearing so much of. I agree. You're not I'm not hearing really straight hip hop. I'm no. hearing pop music that has more emphasis on the beat. Which like is is it like if you take like an artist like Drake, Drake is a pop artist who happens to rap sometimes is really what it comes down to. And that's what makes it so popular is that it's pop music that has has a hip hop influence. Right. Whereas beforehand, if you look at the strokes who we are talking about at this point on this podcast, they took the pop influence and put it into garage rock sound. The killers right. took a, a a synth pop eighties sound almost. And they infl- and they mixed it with a pop sound, and it became popular. It really is just one of those things where pop pop music is still the dominant. And you're really sound. saying pop a bunch, right. aren't you? I'm so glad we have well, these pop guards. Yeah, these pop guards. It's all pop, though. They are. It's still pop. Pop is still where it's at. And it, but pop. The thing is, pop was always where it's at. There was a time where the rock music was more easily digestible, and guess what? It was pop music, and everyone liked it. You know, so like, what's it going to take to bring rock back? I don't know. I mean, does it really? It rock was just pop at that era, and it was a lot easier. And we've seen there's not a lot of people playing, you know, a standard rock out there that just fits into that, because pop music is typically not very difficult. You know, and art pop is not typically things that are as popular as, you know, no one's listening to Saint Vincent the way that they're listening to Taylor Swift or all those other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So even. Even the pop genre has underground people. So, you know, I'm not convinced. I don't know, unless you just go back into just making giant songs that are, you know, that are just easy. Well, like that um, lack some kind of thing that fit into pop music that people want to listen to. But I don't know if it's going to happen. But I don't know. if it, I don't know if I care. That's what I really that's where I want to really want to get at. I, I, I care. I care. I do. I don't think I care if if rock comes back as a as a dominant genre. I don't care. Look at the people who are still listening to it. Oh, We're yeah. still listening to it. I can see bands that make good rock music that I enjoy way more 
than some of the pop popular music that rock has produced in the past 50 years i can see them in smaller venues with people who care who are willing to invest their time and like listening to it and understanding what whatever it is is about and they're still like it's not like rock musicians have decreased you know necessarily there's still a million rock musicians out there making really good rock music that we listen to that people still listen to it's just not everyone's listening to it That's yeah but fair. the the problem with that is that the it's not widespread enough. Like, and I, I like understand to see, what you're saying, and I'd like to see artists who are making good music, at least from my personal stance. I'd like to see artists who are making good music be the ones who are getting the success. They're not making yeah, as much money are. as they did before, though. That's you the thing. You are in perspective realms, though. You already are in perspective realms. I mean, no. you can't, there is no. We don't have underground the way we used to. It blew up in the early '90s, and that's that's over. It's you don't dead. have it like that. We, we are now able to, sh to listen to music and share music outside of an underground situation where even smaller bands that didn't make it to the top at, like they would have in that era, those people can have nationwide, worldwide tours and be popular and sell albums and sell sh and get people to come to shows. And there's no problem with that. And they make money doing it. That, that market is not gone. It's there. Who are we talking actually, about? It's actually easier for them people to access now. I don't think so. All in all, you, good rock music is more accessible today than it was even in that era. I mean, all music is more accessible. But it's not right. about that. It's not about accessibility. That's not what I'm talking about. You're talking I'm talk about commercial success. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about if a, if a rock song is on the Billboard Hot 100, number one, that is that means that more people are Currently, listening. Old Town Road. That's true. Right. Old Town Road. But that means that m more people... Are the most people are listening to that rock song because it's number one. They make way more money. They have way more commercial success and uh, visibility and listenability. So that's good for rock music. That's good for music as a whole, in my opinion. Right. But we aren't going to have that potentially ever again. You know, I, I don't know. It's hard to know. Right. But I get what Tyler's saying to a certain extent. That accessibility is the most, you know, the best that we've ever had. But that doesn't really do anything. If you're selling out a small club, that doesn't do you more good than selling out an arena. Yeah, but it doesn't. That's not true. That's not doing you more than selling out an arena. But it, like, you're, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm making more money at a small club today than I used to make at arenas when tickets. You know what I mean? I could still pay $35 was how much it cost to see. To see Guided by Voices at a small theater in Cincinnati. And they're old. And yep. they're still touring. And it's a small theater. And it's still almost as much as it is for lawn seats at Klipsch. Yeah, but there's more less people seats. in there, sure. But, like, you know how many tours? You know, you're doing this all over the place. All over the place. I don't have, like, a venue every couple of days. I can have a venue. I can have two venues almost every day in some, in some instances, depending on how their people are laying out things. Definitely on, like, weekends I could do that if things are happening. But if you sell out a Klipsch Music Center or whatever, Ruoff is what it's called now, if you sell that place out, you have more people watching you at one show than you do at the entire tour of the small venues that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not more people. I'm just saying I don't think it matters. 
And I don't think it. Why wouldn't it matter if you have more people watching you, Tyler? You because, make more money based on the people because, that see because you. Because that's not directly connected to your exposure. I think your that what yes, is no it longer, is. I think your, your, your exposure is no longer with the age of music that we have, with the accessibility of music we have, with the fact that people still like this music, and all I have to do is tell you to go listen to it, and you can go find it anywhere on the internet. Your your exposure is no longer directly linked to live shows. Because you, people don't have to buy your music to hear it or wait for it to come on the radio. But how I do hear any song you ever wrote anytime I want to? And how I does a band make money? Any other time I want to? How would a band because make they money? Get money from street? You get money from street? No, you shows. don't. You, you don't make from... any money. You make. Yeah, it's sad. They you should, make five. Definitely should make money from. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we agree. All right, that's where we agree. You still, you can still make money because people will still come out and see you. But the I'm gonna, way that they like, make their money is like if you go see the Who, which Caleb and I did, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, they sell their T-shirts for thirty dollars. They sell their sweatshirts for sixty bucks. They sell their records for forty dollars. I mean, yeah, that's how they make their money. But if you can't get people in that door to buy their way overpriced merchandise, then the band makes no money. The opening band. You know, if you make, if you open for The Who, which the person that uh, opened for The Who was a band called Rain Wolf. They're interesting. Go look them up. But they have, nobody else probably would see that band had they not opened for The Who. So if they sell 100 t CDs and a couple t-shirts, there's no way in hell 40,000 people would have gone to see Rain Wolf in any capacity. It would have tell taken them many, 10 years for people to be able to see them. Big, tell me how many big bands between 70 and 75, tell me how many big bands played those types of tours and how many more bands were still already underground musicians doing their thing, making the money they needed to make or living a, a musician's life of you know, doing whatever and having to have other jobs or whatever. But there are definitely a, a, a more bands who are not doing those tours than doing those tours always. Always. And those people have always been doing it, always been making money. Guided by Voice have never been selling out these huge places. No. And they're still doing this thing. And they're still making music that's better because they're not influenced by all that garbage. And it's not like, you're, you know, you're not, you can't say that because this isn't here, it's not feasible. It's like it's not feasible to do this anymore. That's ridiculous. Because it is. Because people still care. And people still want to go see them. And people still, Guided by Voices has been sold out for two months. My point people is, still want to see this. yeah, but it's a small venue. My point is that Axel Rose. But they've been doing it their entire career. It's not like you can say no one's ever done it. It doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're overemphasizing because these huge bands, that's how they make money. There's all sorts of middle bands that have done this their entire careers and played it and played at festivals where they get bigger crowds. You know what I'm saying? Which festivals are blowing up right now who are who are signing those people to come play. Mm -hmm. Like this it's just transitioning to a different way that still has always been there. It's always been there. There are plenty of bands who have done that that size tour their entire career and made and made money and have been perfectly fine doing that. But guided by voices came up when rock was popular. So I understand what you're saying, but my point is that a upcoming up and coming rock group isn't does they don't have the advantage that guided by voices had when they were coming up. That's my point. You don't in this in the spec that you're looking at from a large arena sell all these tickets situation, but they do with the same type of fan group that every all the rest of these people have. All the rest of these people have it.
you have access to do these things. I saw a band last night in Cincinnati who's toured all who's toured the country over the past four years into Canada. All right. And they're still just a local band. And they've still been all over those places. They still have had access to do that. And people have come to their shows. Why don't you plug that band for us? No, they last night was their last their last show ever. Oh god. Oh yeah. no. Just couldn't cut it, could they? Well, well, they were just getting up. They had other things. Had other the things landscape was too difficult. <laughs> but, oh no, they, it wasn't like they weren't. They, they no, didn't come no. and say, "We're not making any money. We're not going to be." A... They're just done being a band. I mean, they've done it for four years. They're doing something else. Yeah, you know. But it's not. It's not all downtrodden because it's not rock. Isn't the most popular genre, and I don't. And it, just because rock isn't the most popular genre doesn't mean it's still not super popular. And there are still bands that sell these big venues. Okay, we've had some good thoughts. We've had some good thoughts. We've had a lot of conversation about. We're we gonna play Christmas Treat. No, <laughs> oh my god, oh, man, no Christmas Treat. <laughs> Can we talk about it just for a second, real quick, real quick, on Julian Casablanca's debut album. He did a cover of the song "I Want It to Be Christmas Today" or whatever that song's called. I wish it was Christmas Today from the SNL bit. There you go. And he performed it on. Jimmy Fallon on his show, and this is his version. He wishes it was Christmas today. Closing thoughts. Fun fact, Rosie O'Donnell was on the tambourine for that. That's not true. No, that's not true. Closing thoughts on the strokes, please. Anybody have any thoughts on the strokes? Nope. I'm getting some head shakes, getting some head shakes. I sighed. All right. I'm going to close out then. Did everybody play their favorite songs? Yes. Okay. Oh, is this really Thank you for listening to this edition of Record Roundtable. We've been talking about the strokes. Next week, we're talking about Bjork. Enjoy it. Thank you. Bye.